Praise the Lord. God is good. All the time. <laughs> it doesn't matter what's going on around us. God is good all the time. All the time. He is faithful. We can rely on his faithfulness, and he will always be there for us. And he is good. I, I thank you for the opportunity to have to share with you this morning when uh, Pastor Rudy called me Wednesday asked me if I would take the pulpit this morning. It wasn't 30 minutes after he hung up, the Lord uh, began to speak to me and tell me what he wanted us to share, what he wanted me to share with you this morning. And, you know, it, it's so exciting that it's, it was along the word he wants me to share. It's along the word that uh, he's been doing in Pastor Rudy and how Rudy has been sharing with us. I'm so convinced that he is truly seeking the Lord for a word, a fresh word for the congregation every week. And uh, that's why we've been having some good uh, preaching. Amen. Thank God for good preaching. Amen. So having said that, when we look around, we see all the things that are going on around us. We see tornadoes, see earthquakes, we see fire burning in Texas, forest fires that are just spreading. I mean, California. Uh, we see this virus that's continually being spread. We see uh, such disunity in our nation, such uh, divisiveness over political things, over social injustice, and the list can go on and on. And so, how are we as born-again believers, as Christians, how do we respond to all of these things that are going on? And so, the Lord gave the title of this message this morning is Keep Your Flame Burning. And I think that is uh, going to be critical during this time because we do have an example. We do have something to share with you. So as I thought about this theme that the Lord wanted us to, wanted us to, wanted me to share with you this morning, Keep Your Flame Burning. Let's just pause for a moment to, in prayer as we pray for Pastor Rudy, his family, and I believe Elaine Sykes and her family. And let's just pray for those uh, right now. And let's just pray that the Lord's word will come forth with anointing and power this morning. Amen. Lord Jesus, we just lift up Pastor Rudy and his family, Lord. We lift up Elaine Sykes and her family, Lord, and any of those that are are being uh, affected by sickness, Lord. We come against it in the name of Jesus, Lord. You are our healer. You are our provider. You are the great physician, Lord. You know how to make our bodies whole and make it well, Lord. And we just claim healing right now, Lord. Minister healing to your family, Lord, to your servants, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for the word that you had for us this morning, Lord. 
I pray, Lord, that uh, the word will go forth with anointing, with power, and it will touch our hearts and minister to us, Lord. And then most of all, that it will challenge us in a deeper walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So keep your flame burning. I thought about the Statue of Liberty. If you see, it may be hard to see up here, but when our nation uh, in New York has this statue called the Statue of Liberty. Many of you know it. And as I was looking at this Statue of Liberty, there were some things that I noticed. Number one, it's a woman. It's not a man. And, uh, and I thought, you know, why did they pick a woman? And I think the woman is, has a way of displaying humility and uh, someone that a woman follows along. And I think if, if it had been a man, yeah, a man would, we would somehow picture him as Superman, you know, soldier stuff. And so I thought it was so appropriate that they pick a woman and she's standing with confidence, if you notice it. She holds the torch up with her right hand. And she's standing tall and got that arm just stretched out as high as she can. And she's, she just displayed such confidence in her. And if you notice in her left hand, she has a book. And uh, in that, on that book, it's, it's, it is... Uh, has a description of July 4, 1776, uh, the day that we became a nation and declared our independence. And also, if you notice, you probably won't be able to see it. I have a picture off to the side there, but down at the bottom, she has a broken uh, shackle. And chain. The chain is broken in two. It's laid on both sides. And I don't know if I ever really knew that that was there. It's hard to see it. You have to look at it from, from the top down. That's there. And so that's a symbolic saying that we are being broke free. And uh, we are not held under bondage. And when we look at this uh, statue, we're reminded of our, our independence, our liberty, liberty, our freedom, and what we stand for. And if you notice, everything from when we started out, we started out with, in God we trust. It's on our money. It's on in the government. If you go in the Washington Monuments, where Abraham Lincoln and Everywhere you look, in God we trust. And so we were founded on biblical principles. Our nation was founded on putting their trust in God. And that's why I believe that our nation rised up to be a powerful nation, that God had blessed this nation because it was founded on biblical principles. Did you know that our Supreme Court and even every court across America did judge their cases based on the, the Bible. They looked to the Scriptures. They had the Ten Commandments uh, listed up in their courtrooms. You'll never find those now. But everywhere we go, it seems like they're wanting to 
tear down our faith in God. And that's why I feel like that it's more important than ever before that we rise, hold up our torch, and keep our flame burning. Even as we, yesterday, as the uh, celebrate the 9-11 event that had happened. And I remember when that event happened that there were people overseas that were burning the American flag and they were partying and rejoicing of what had just happened in New York, not very far from the Statue of Liberty and where the Twin Towers that came falling down and many lives were changed. And so we think, why? Why is there so many people that are celebrating over our humility, over humbling us? And, and I thought about what we stood for even as kids. I, I don't know if some of you may remember this. Uh, some of you are, are in my age class, so you probably remember. But I remember as a little boy, in the first and second grade, we would run to school to get to school on time. The bell would ring and everybody better be seated in their, in their uh, seat, in their desk, after the bell ring. And then the principal would come on and he said, now everybody arise and face the American flag. And I want you to say your pledge of allegiance to the flag. So we'd all stand up. You know, can you imagine the little cute one or two-year-old. Yeah, I was cute too that day. And we put our hand over our heart. So I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States, to the republic I stand. One nation under God, the individual with liberty and justice for all. And then after we said our Pledge of Allegiance, we sat down and the principal would come on and he would lead us in prayer over the students for that day. And uh, that's what I experienced. And this was a public school. And uh, some of you may have experienced the same thing that I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And so now we see that everything about us is as a nation, it's been under attack. And I believe that it is more a spiritual attack than anything. And so we as a Christian, we have a flame that is burning inside of us. When we accepted Jesus as our personal Savior, there was a fire that united in us. Everyone remember that, I hope. That day that you received Jesus into your, into your life, there's a fire that began to burn. And I pray that it was uh, just, we were so on fire for Jesus. And we began to tell everyone about Jesus. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing for people to see that flame burning in us. And so I believe that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Spirit of the Lord. Can you say it with me? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. Say it one more time. Let's instill it in it. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. And so, as we begin to look at this teaching, 
about how we can keep our flame burning, there is a, a matches. So if you will, turn with me to Matthew 7, 21. And we're going to get some instructions about how we are to live our life during this time. And I think the Lord has uh, some real sufficient word for us during this time. And so it's in Matthew 7, 21. This is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, love the Sermon on the Mount. It's one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture. It talks about there's the Beatitudes in there. There's these, uh, we're to be a salt and add flavor to the world. We're, there's uh, the broad is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the road that leads to life. Uh, we are to build our foundation on the rock, which is Jesus. All other grounds is seeking sand. Okay, so let's start with verse 21 in Matthew 7. We're going to read from Pastor's uh, favorite translation, the New American Standard. So let's start with verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. I want you to remember that. That uh, phrase there, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name before many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. And so, we're, we need to get a hold of what this is really saying here because this is important. There's an important message that he's given to you. You realize that he's talking to believers, Christians, people that uh, have been doing uh, miracles in his name, people that have been, been uh, being obedient to what the Lord has called them to do. And yet, he says, depart from me, I never knew you. So, oh, there's another passage of Scripture where he uses this same phrase, and it's in Matthew 25. So if you will, we'll jump over to Matthew 25. And let me just give you a little bit of uh, history here before. This is this passage of Scripture that Matthew is writing. is in between... The uh, the day that Jesus comes into Jerusalem and they begin to holler out, Hosanna, Hosanna, and they proclaim Jesus as king. And the very next week, they lead him, uh, they come and arrest him, and he's, he's led to uh, be crucified. So during that week, we find verses, uh, I should say, chapter Matthew 22 through Matthew 25. So just to kind of give us, uh, uh, to keep it all in context of what he's saying to us in Matthew 25, let's back up to Matthew 22. And I'm going to just really quickly go over some of the headings here so we can prepare us for what he wants to speak to us in Matthew 25. In Matthew 22, uh, it's, it's a parable of the marriage feast. 
Jesus gives a parable how he, he sent his son out to uh, tell everyone to come to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And, and we see how a lot of people made excuses of why they couldn't come. Well, I, got, I got some things I need to take care of before I can go. And so they, we, they were so wrapped up in the things in this world that they lost their eternal perspective. And so then we looked at uh, the Sadducees. They came and they questioned Jesus about the resurrection. They didn't believe in the resurrection. And so they were going to try to trap Jesus here, uh, how the, they tried to do many a times trying to trap Jesus. And so at this time they said, well, uh, you know, there was a brother that married this wife. That brother died. And then the next brother married a wife and then so forth. And, and he said, so thou in heaven, whose wife is he? And Jesus responds by, you do not know the scriptures that in heaven there's neither marriage or given in marriage to one another. We're all like angels. But then he here's a statement that I want you to pay attention to what he said. He says, I am the God of the living, not of the dead. Okay, you know what that tells me? That uh, when we die, that that's not the end of our life. It is actually the beginning. Because our God is not the God of the dead, but of the God of the living. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so we can see that God's making a way for us. And then in chapter 23 is uh, uh whole chapter about Jesus uh, actually calling some people names. We never, we might not have never thought about Jesus calling anybody names, but oh man, he's calling this whole chapter of people, he's calling them names, the scribes and Pharisees. And so we'll come back to that. We're going to skip over that for a minute. And so we go to verse 24, all in verse 24, the signs of his return, uh, the difficult times that will be, uh, they will be in the last days. And then you have talked about the glorious return. And then in verse 24, he talks about the parable of the fig tree. Uh, he says, if it doesn't produce fruit, he is thrown away, thrown into the fire. What good is a tree that doesn't produce fruit? And then, he, and then a little bit farther down uh, in that chapter, he talks at the end of that chapter, he closed with this, be ready for his coming. And uh, this is where he's talking about the rapture. Many people say that the, the rapture, the word rapture is not mentioned in the Bible, and that's true. But in this passage of Scripture, it clearly talks about one uh, being left and one being taken which is a perfect description of the rapture. Now let's start with verse 25 and let's see what he says here. Starting with verse 1. This is with the New King James Version. Uh, and it said, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five took their lamps. I'm sorry. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. 
But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. And while they were, while they went away to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, here's this word, Lord, Lord, the uh, phrase that they use in Matthew 7. 21, open the door to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And so this, we want to be considered part of the wise group. Amen. We don't want to be in the group of a foolish one because that is going to be a uh, a very costly mistake to be in with the foolish one. So we want to talk about the wise. Now, you notice that Eve was talking about uh, the uh, oil. They had their oil with them. Now, I believe, this is my uh, interpretation, but I believe the, whole, the oil represents the Holy Spirit in us. And I believe that we, if we're going to survive, these uh, difficult times. If we want to keep our flame burning, we need to have a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit in us. It, it's an ongoing experience. It's not a one-time experience, but it's an ongoing experience. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill me. Every day that we wake up, we cry out, Lord, I need you more now than ever before. Come, fill me with your, your Holy Spirit. May I be full to overflowing of the Holy Spirit. So we, we need to stay connected to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I want us to go back to uh, Matthew uh, 23. And let's look at this uh, passage of Scriptures. Now, Jesus calls the hypocrites which is their scribes and Pharisees. These are the names he called them. Blind guys, blind fools, snakes, brood of vipers, son of vipers. Man, these are awful names to be called. And yet Jesus was speaking these names to the children of Israel, the, the leaders of the children of Israel, the scribes and Pharisees. Now, I, wanted, I listed seven things. I think there's, uh, I believe there's eight of them, but I listed seven of them that I felt like kind of we need to, to identify with. So let's go with the first one. It says, they didn't practice what they were taught. Everything they did was for show. Okay? So they said all the right things, but they didn't do 
what they were, 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 what they were teaching. And so it's so important that whatever we proclaim, whatever we're teaching to people, that we are living it out. We, they can see it in us. One of the worst things that I think was uh, said about the church, you know, I've asked one person, I said, so what do you, he was a non-believer, I said, what do you think about the church? And he says, I don't know, I thought it was a Lions Club. Yeah, I just thought it was where people got together and they just, you know, it was just, you had to be a part of that membership to be able to, to go to that church. So he was comparing the church to like a Lions Club. And then I asked another person the same thing. What do you think about the church? And he says, I think the church is full of hypocrites. Now we can look at that and say, well, that, that's, that's how the, the people want to attack our religion, attack what we believe. But there's some things that we need to be held responsible in that we don't ever want to proclaim, proclaim, proclaim to the church that or to the outsiders that somehow we don't live up what we preach, that we somehow live a double life standard. We don't really do what we teach. And so then in, in the second thing I've noticed was they love to be respected and called rabbi. In our day, they love to be called the great teacher. The, uh, the prophets, you know, they want to be respected as people of prophet. Did you know in the Old Testament, prophets were not a very good uh, person to, to be around? Not very many people wanted to be a prophet. Why? Because most of them got stoned. Most of them were killed because they... They stand up and gave a word of the Lord and the children of Israel didn't want to hear what they had to say. So nowadays people are, are, might take a little bit of pride and say, I'm a prophet. You know, well, it's fine and dandy if you're going to be a prophet, but we better be held responsible for our actions and uh, how we proclaim the matches that we're preaching. Okay, in verse 3, it said, they shut the door of the kingdom of God and don't let others enter. They shut the kingdom of God. In other words, there were places where Jesus said, you go clear across the country to uh, win a lost person, the Lord, and then you turn around and make him twice the son of hell as you are. And I said, man, that's a, some strong words there. Number four, they, they tithed, but they ignored the most important matters like justice, mercy, and faith. These are the more important matters. We, we can, uh, especially you'll find this more so in the larger churches, big churches. And man, you, you, I give a lot of money to this church. You church wouldn't make it without me. But those are good. But we need to focus more on the more important matters. Justice, mercy, 
and fame. The fifth thing, they were careful to look good on the outside, but inside they were filthy, full with hypocrisy and lawlessness. And seven, they said, if we would have lived in the days of the Old Testament, we would not have killed the prophets. But in saying that, they were testifying against themselves that they were indeed the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. You know, I, I often thought, you know, when I read the Old Testament and I saw how the children of Israel constantly rebelled against God, and, and I remember thinking, how could they do that? How could they rebel against God? All the things that God has done for them. The one thing that I find as we read through this, and the common thing that we see that really stands out about hypocrites is that they're prideful. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So it's so important. If we want our eyes, He calls them blind guys. Why is He calling them blind? Because it doesn't matter how many times uh, they keep asking for a sign. They say, Jesus, give us a sign so that we can believe in You, that You are the Messiah. And yet Jesus was doing all these miracles all around them. All these good things that Jesus was doing, and yet they couldn't see it. They were so blinded. Why? Because of pride. Pride blinds our eyes. So if we want to uh, make sure that we don't fall into the hypocrites, into that category, it's so important that we keep ourselves humble. We, we come humbly before the Lord. We exalt Him as Lord and Savior. And we say, Lord, I put my faith and trust in You and You alone. I live for You. I don't live for myself. I don't live to exalt myself. I don't live so that other people will recognize me. But I, I live and speak your word, everything that you want to say to us, Lord, that is what I speak. We're not, as Pastor said last week, we're not afraid of man, but we're afraid of where we stand with God. That's the fear of the Lord. And we can only know that that's right as we become humbly before the Lord. And then, uh, that's the second thing, is that we need to stay humble. As we look at this uh, Statue of Liberty, we can see that humility in her that it is represented. And we, too, need to not feel like that, you know, we, we're so quick to come to the answer. We want to give everybody the answer. You see it all through social media. You see uh, everybody making these comments there. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. You need to do this. You need to do that. And it's just full of what you need to do. Instead, we need to be saying this one thing is we need to put our faith and trust in the great King, 
King of kings, Lord of lords, and that is Jesus. Jesus is the only one that has the answer. Amen? Jesus is the only one that has the answer. This world has no uh, solution to the problem. There is nothing that man can come up that says, here's the answer. And so we need to come humbly before the Lord and say, I don't know. I don't know exactly what God's doing, but I know God is good and I know he has a plan and he has a plan for me and you and everyone across this world. His desire is to save the lost. He doesn't want, he doesn't take pleasure in bringing judgment and destroying his people. He wants his people to rise up and say, you are king of kings. You are Lord of Lords. The reason that America is falling is because they have put it up on themselves. They have rebelled against God. God hadn't left them. God hadn't left America. America had left God. Now they're saying, you can't uh, pray any prayers in public. Right? You can't teach your kids in public school how to pray. You can't even mention God. It's all pushing God out. Wow. And we, we can stand and say, yeah, we need to get, I'm American. This is the American way. Yeah, but it's a lot more than that. It's our faith and trust in Jesus. Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one that keeps our flame burdened. Let's remember, in Revelation 12, he says, go back to your first love when you first got saved. And so we need to come back to our first salvation when that flame began to burn within us. And oh, we were so excited that God has released the, the chains from us. We are broken free from all sins. Where the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. And we experience freedom like never before. And he said, no longer will I be under bondage to sin anymore. And so we, we need to come back to that root. And we need to let that flame begin to burn in us. And we need to say to ourselves, it's all about you. It's all about you. Everything that's going on all around us, Lord, it still comes back to you. You are King of kings. You are Lord of lords. We need to put our faith and trust in you. No one else. No, we will not put our faith in government. We will not put our faith in man's knowledge. We put our faith totally in Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. And He is the matches that He's the one that we want to convey to other people. So when we get that flame and we get that torch, may we get it, hold of it, and say the flame that's burning in me, I want it to burn brightly now in the darkness where darkness is surrounding us from all over. And I don't want to proclaim as a religious person it doesn't have anything to do about religion. It has to do with my faith in Jesus. I trust Jesus. I love Jesus. And He is the answer. And we take a torch and we go confidently with, with, with boldness, with power, wherever we go, 
We keep our flame burning. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The answer is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. No, don't put your trust in that stuff. No, don't put your faith in man. No, no, no. Put your faith in Jesus. Jesus is the only one. He's the only answer. They need to hear that. Can you hear what I'm saying? People really need to hear what we're saying. They don't need to hear us being afraid. Well, the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom in 1 Timothy 1.7. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so we, as believers, we have a job to do. If we want to save America, it's not about saving America. It's about proclaiming Jesus as King of kings, Lord of lords. And we want Jesus to be able to say, when He does show up, we want Him to be able to say, come in, my faithful servant. I know you. I know you because you didn't put your faith and trust in anybody. You didn't understand what was going on. You humbled yourself before me and you cried out to me and you said, Jesus, I need you. I need you, Jesus. I need you more now than ever. Oh, Lord, come. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill me with your your presence in my life. Do you understand what's happening? I'm burning. I'm burning for Jesus. I'm realizing the desperate times that we're in. And I'm crying out to you to join me. Now, ever before, we need to burn. We need to let our flame burn, burn, burn brightly. We need to not get wrapped up in all this garbage, all this stuff that's going on around us, all this this talk about this, this talk about that. We need to rise up and say, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the answer. So my message to you right now, you know, you need to, when when we go to the doctor to do a checkup, we need to go to the great position, Jesus. We need to say, Jesus, I need a heart check. That's what David did. King David says he knew that there was nobody that knew his heart better than Jesus. He knew his heart better than he even knew himself. So the message to us is that we humbly come before the doctor the great physician, Jesus. And we say, Jesus, search me. Search my heart, Lord. If there be any wickedness in me, if there be any evilness in me, I pray right now, Lord, that You'll take it out of me. Because, Lord, I, I want to be able to stand before You. And when I say, Lord, Lord, I meant it. That You are my Lord. I didn't just say the words, but I actually said the words that are deep-rooted in me. Lord, You know me. 
You know me. I know you, Lord. We have an intimate relationship. And because of that, I'm afraid of nothing. There is nothing I'm afraid of. There's nothing that man can do to me that can separate the relationship that you and I have. They can come. They can kill me. They can drag me down. But they cannot take you away from me. There's nothing they can do to take you from me. So you see, this is the matches. This is what they need to hear the church crying out to. Lord, help us to send a message to everyone. May we stand higher than this Statue of Liberty across America. May we stand on our rooftops. And may we hold that torch which represents Jesus in our life. And may we hold it high with confidence and boldness that we are in good standing. And that everyone needs to know Jesus. Everyone needs to know Jesus. Dear Lord, we know that You are the answer, Lord. You're the only one that can bring healing to our nation, Lord. You're the only one that can turn evil around, Lord. And we can begin to experience Your peace and joy once again, Lord. You can liberate Your people, Lord. You can set them free, Lord. And Lord, we, we cry out to You, Lord. You are great. You are great, Lord. And You are awesome. You are mighty, Lord. You loved us, Lord. You loved us so much, Lord, that You save us, Lord. You want us to be free. You don't want us to be in bondage, Lord. You want us to walk liberally. And without reproach, Lord, we stand before You. And we worship You and serve You, Lord. So Lord, let our flame burn. Let our flame burn brightly wherever we go. The grocery store, the workplace, wherever we're at, Lord. Let our light shine. Let our fire burn that we are on fire for Jesus. We are on fire for You, Lord, we just thank You for this matches, Lord. Lord, it's Your matches that You were speaking to us as a congregation. We receive it with joy and with happiness, Lord. And we, we, we say thank You, Jesus. And so, as we close from this gathering, we just say thank You, Jesus. Amen. 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 Have a wonderful week. We'll see you back next week and expecting God to continue to do great things. Amen.